when I put the headphones back on. Oh, did that go through? I yanked the headphones out and laughed. <laughs> oh, hello, Jim. Oh, God, the headphones are still loud. I put it. I put the headphones back on while the music was still playing, and it hurt my ears. Is. I can imagine that it would, because it was very, very loud coming through those headphones. My little ear holes. I didn't even realize you were using headphones for that purpose. I thought you had speakers. And uh, so, yeah, that must have been quite loud. Oh, no, no, I had I had speakers on. I yanked the headphone cord out, and I deliberately made it a reckless uh, yank that could break things if I pulled it at the wrong angle, because the idea of doing it that thoroughly amused me. It, it doesn't translate to a visual medium, um, but I yanked them out and then turned the, head, uh, the speakers right up, but then I jammed the headphones back in and put them on before turning the speakers back down. To a reasonable volume. And I'll tell you why I did all that. It's because I wanted to sing the Pokemon Season 3 theme lyrics, Johto. But um, I've mentioned on, uh, on Podquisition, um, I've got, like, I'm getting asthma shit for like the first time in 20 years. I don't have an inhaler. Um, I'm going to see the doctor tomorrow to get it all sorted. Uh, but I can't, I can't do the song justice the way I would like to. Right. You're right. Right. You yeah. see? No, it's understandable. And you wouldn't want to tarnish this piece of, of magnificent work. Yeah. Like with, with the breathing, I'm, I'm, a, I'm allotted via asthma. I mean, who are you? Sir Paul McCartney? No, sir. Right. No, you are not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not the Lord Mayor, Sir Paul McCartney, with his candle wax face. Still singing for reasons that defy explanation. <laughs> what kind of government would allow that? <laughs> Actually, speaking of things no government would allow, some of us in the world have seen people with Monster Energy tattoos on them, big, faded. And my response to that was, under what government is that permissible? That's that's horrifying. And like, I don't know if the thought that someone paid him to do it could be worse or better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to pay extra for them to keep hush about it, <laughs> for them to not tell the cops. <laughs> I just gave someone a monster energy tattoo. Keep a fucking eye on them. <laughs> And uh, don't get me wrong, right? I used to love, before like caffeine made migraines so bad in my head that I wanted to pull my head off and roll it down a bowling alley to knock some Skittles over. Uh, I used to love Monster Energy. I was a bugger for a Monster Energy, me, comrade. I, I like the Monster Energy coffee, actually. Oh, yeah. oh God. The unique, the unique mix of ginseng... And caffeine and toxic chemicals really brings the flavor out. It does. That's what I liked about Monster Energy. I didn't even care for the caffeine content. Um, I liked it because it tastes like nuclear waste. <laughs> it, it really tastes like the contents of a battery. It, like, it really does, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's like 
fluids, bad fluids, <laughs> bad fluids for you to drink as a person. It's a kind of thing like you imagine robots would drink in the future. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I- I'm just pouring myself out a glass of life fluids, bleep bloop, that's my robot voice. I'm going to drink it now. Oh my god, I just remembered how hard we used to lobby Monster Energy Drink to sponsor us on a podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, not for money, mind, because... No, it's because you needed Monster Energy Drink. Wanted... <laughs> yeah, we used to um, write letters by committee to uh, get sponsorship deals off things. Um, we actually got two sponsors said they were going to send us like stupid shit. One was a sex shop, but they never sent anything. Uh, so I can't vouch for them. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I was a bugger for a Monster Energy drink, me, back in the day. And I wouldn't get a tattoo of a Monster Energy logo anywhere. No. Not even under, like, a f- like under my ass. Yeah, no, the only corporate logos I put on my body are fictional. I don't know why I've left a long pause there. I, I don't know. You made a fine statement, yeah. But I, that is one of my tattoos, is, is the logo of a fictional corporation. That's true. It's a factual statement. <laughs> I've got a logo of a fictional cult on me. Oh, I'm, that's my next tattoo. Yeah, what you, what, which cult are you getting? It's, it's a real cult, but I'm getting um, a oh. tattoo of the icon of the Church of the Subgenius. Oh, right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because you like all that. I do. You're a fiend for that. I am. Yeah. I've left my door open. Mm. Entertain the children because it echoes down there. <laughs> I don't want all the bad echo, even though I've already been yelling and shouting. All right, that will make basically no nominal difference, but it's done now. Well, we wouldn't want children in the background as we talk about Pokemon. Children in the background as we do- Oh, God, I forgot that's what we're here for. Yeah. I was just having, like, an enjoyable chat (laughs) with the record button pressed. I forgot that there's a fucking gimmick to this podcast. Mm. Why why did I come up with that? Why couldn't I just add Jim and Conrad have a lovely conversation? I actually feel like this is my fault. I think I was the one that said, hey, we should do video game movies. Oh, yeah, because we actually did them. Oh, yeah, maybe we did. Yeah, maybe this was your fucking fault. Yeah, yeah, I mean. You piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Although this episode was going to be uh, just Jim and Conrad have a lovely conversation because, and I don't know how we did this. I mean, I know how I did it because I genuinely fear that I'm like losing my memory or something. But we said that this episode was going to be the second Pokemon movie. Right. As our ongoing commitment to covering anime on this show. <laughs> And I'd totally forgotten that we'd already watched it and done a podcast on it. Yep. Somehow. Yep. And even though people have told me many times we've done this, I can see the proof it's being done. And people have sent me gifts from the film I saw. I can't remember anything. And I'm not exaggerating there. I literally don't remember watching and talking about a second of this film at all that's a good sign right i am horrified 
<laughs> and I mean, and, and, and I'm not in much better straits. Like, I do now vaguely remember it. But you also have to remember, like, I wrote probably 15, 1600 words of it. And That's I, true. It would have. Yeah, yeah. And I, I should remember a lot more of this than I do. I mean, we can attribute some of this to our old decaying sponge bag brains, right? Sure. But I think some of the blame does fall on Pokemon 2, whatever it was called, Mewtwo Strikes Again. Uh, I, this, it was the one with Lugia. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Lugia, the fucking... that thing. And it was it was it was on an island, and the island drowned everything else. It was like the only island. Is that the one? Uh, I was thinking about boats being rocked by a storm in the ocean, but then that is the first one, not the second. Oh, one. that is in the first. God damn it! <laughs> well, there's an island in the first one, but there is. this fucking franchise is all islands, so they may well have been. There could have been a hundred fucking islands in the second film, for all I know. I don't know a damn thing about it, even though I've seen it and done a podcast about it. Well, but this this one has no island. I mean, it makes an island out of an area, I guess, <laughs> in a sense. Sort of. Well, I mean, it, it. the theme of that film is, aren't we all islands as people? Mm. Conrad. Mm. Um, aren't we all? Imagine that, if you will, dear listener. Aren't we all covered in sand with a palm tree on the top of our heads? And like a, a man sat against the palm tree on our heads with a long white beard. And he's eating a coconut. And, and there's a, a message in a bottle. And what other <laughs> island shit is there? Treasure chest. <laughs> Seagull. Uh, 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 a volleyball with a face on it. Volleyball with a face on it. Ace... Tried to make a raft out of twigs. Uh, a nuclear reactor powered by coconut shells. Yeah, Dr. Moreau fucking about with some animals. <laughs> <sighs> this is a... I, this is not what I expected going in. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. It's uh, a weird plot for a movie, considering they've got an anime where they can shove any old weird guff in. For them to say we're going to make a movie out of this idea struck me as, I don't know, but then I haven't watched any of the other 22 fucking films in this series. So maybe they're all just stupid. I don't want to, um, I mean, I, I can't deny that I could be fairly accused of looking too deeply into this crap. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but I, I I have to say, I always expect Pokemon to be drivel. And yet every single time I see one of these things, I find something beneath the surface that merits further examination. Yeah. Well, it's a heartfelt show about friendship and respect. And sexual harassment in some well yes i will say there was a certain scene where i was terrified for what was going to come out of brock's mouth yeah fortunately they didn't go where i was terrified they would go and and that was weird in its own right yeah uh yeah so this one's this one's very different and i actually kind of have 
a lot to talk about, whereas I was really worried going in because as these progress, they get further and further away from what I recognize as Pokemon. Yeah, I think that's part of why I struggle to concentrate on them. Because I'll, I'll tell you right now, listener, and again, sorry for the wheezing, I can hear it myself. Um, I cannot concentrate on these films. I can't. I had a level of comprehension for the first one. And I think it's because beyond the first generation of Pokemon, I progressively care less and less about the Pokemon themselves. They become less interesting to me visually. Um, there's something about a lot of them that are, they just look like knockoffs of the original ones. And that might just be me being all gatekeepery or all, you know, overly nostalgic. But I, I just don't... There are a couple I like, like Skitty and, and Chimgles. But outside of a few that like still grab my interest, most of them just make me not pay attention. I have a different challenge in that respect, yeah. in that it's, it's not that I have any feeling one way or another about the quality of all the Pokemon that follow and this, that, and the other. It's, it's just I really... My brain space... I can only allocate space for 151 <laughs> Pokemon. You know, I, I have a Resident Evil style inventory system in my brain. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, that's just, I can only fit so many in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what? You want me to remember a Wubbuffet, right? Out of the way, Diglett. Yeah, no, not, not going to happen. So that's that I don't recognize almost any of the Pokemon used in the fights in this, as as you will note in my descriptions. Honestly, like I can't I can't tell you the names of most of the new ones. Yeah. And by new ones, and to again to show my age here and my um relationship with Pokemon, when I say new ones, I mean anything introduced after a hundred and fifty one of them. Gold and silver, they are all new Pokemon as far as I'm concerned. And gold and silver didn't even come out that far away from red and blue and yellow and all of that. So it's not like I'm older and out of touch than most of these listeners, probably about the same age. It's just for some reason I decided to be an old man prematurely with Pokemon. So anything after red and blue is for children who should be ashamed of themselves for having not grown up quicker. I got to age three in less than a year. <laughs> Raise your game. I I think the last Pokemon main series entry I played was Diamond and Pearl. Yeah. And I just did that because it was it came out at a time when my, my wife and I were looking for something that we could play together. And, uh, and it... It reminds me of the Prince song, and I love Prince. So yeah. I've that... played them all. Yeah, I just don't remember any of them outside of uh, Red and Red and Blue. Right, exactly. And I just have no recollection of anything that was introduced in those games. It's just like it's a half-forgotten dream <laughs> in the fields of my memories, where I play and scamper, which is you know. One of the things, I, I believe the last two movies both end with everybody forgetting everything that happened in them. Don't they? I hate that shit. That's some Kingdom Hearts shit. Is that just 
But is this just a fundamental aspect of Pokemon that after the story is over, you forget any of it ever happened? Yeah, because it's like, we don't know what the anime writers are doing. (laughs) Well, yeah. So we don't want to fuck with anything they've written for the show. So, yeah, none of this... I mean, it all happened, guys, but, you know, fuck it. What we've really done is wasted an hour of your time. And change. Well, I don't know. I don't know that it's a total waste. I think uh, we should have a conversation about what this movie is, and when we're done... I may have changed your mind a little bit on that. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We're, I'll, I'll reiterate. We are not doing every Pokemon film no, that's God, ever no. been made. Because I worked out in order to do that, for one whole year, this podcast would have to turn into a Pokemon movie fan cast. Oh, God. For a whole year, probably longer. <laughs> This show would be a Pokemon podcast, and you do not want Conrad Zimmerman and Jim Sterling to host a podcast (laughs) about Pokemon. You say that, and I'm going to see a whole bunch of responses from people saying that's exactly what we want. You fuckers don't know what you want. That's right. They fucking, they demanded a full Kingdom Hearts summary from me this week, and I did it. And it's their fault it's happened. And that doesn't mean you get, you're not getting a Pokemon fan cast. I want to knock that on the head. If you suggest it, I will think less of you. I won't necessarily dislike you. I will just look at you and think, that's a shame. That's a shame that you think you want a Pokemon fan cast by us. Because, you know, you look at someone who's suffering from a delusion and you can't help but feel a pang of pity. I'm just, you know what? Keep it to yourself. (laughs) Whatever... Whatever's pissed you off that day that you think you want a Pokemon fan cast from us, right? Keep your bullshit to yourself. <laughs> All right, I tell you what, let's give them a taste of what they'd be in for. From someone who's had to write down the plot of Pokemon under duress for no valuable reason to society, and someone who's who gets so distracted by Pokemon films, he had to write down things from the film that stuck out to him so he wouldn't forget, and he only wrote three things. Wow. Let's, uh, let's put on a high-quality podcast. <laughs> this is, oh, my God, I want to die. This is 2,735 words. What the fuck have I done? How have you done that? It's an hour and 15 minutes long. Uh, Yeah. We open at a mansion overlooking a verdant garden. This better not take two hours, Conrad. I'm not doing two hours on Pokemon 3, the movie Entei, the Legend of the Unknown. Inside, Spencer Hale is telling his daughter of legendary Pokemon. And she likes... That was his name. She likes Entei. She, you know, says he's big and strong, but still nice, like her dad, Spencer Hale. I don't like Entei. What What a rubbish design for a Pokemon. I just made sure that I didn't accidentally type hentai anywhere in this document. <laughs> that was all I could do. Um, but the, then the dad, Spencer... We'd, we'd need more than two hours to discuss Pokemon hentai. <sighs> so Spencer starts roaring around the room like an idiot. And God damn it, if it isn't just a little bit adorable. Like, it's kind of sweet. And, like, the animation's not good, but it's good enough to make this feel kind of 
saccharin. And I wouldn't oak. know. No? I wouldn't know. Fucking wealthy family, big fucking bed. <laughs> a, pr- a present father. We, we do, we probably should consider, I mean, the economic system of Pokemon and who lives where and it's, I just don't understand it. It's challenging, but but that's a conversation for another time. It's the same there as it is everywhere. The Pokemon get Pokemoner, and the rest of us stay poor. So suddenly, Spencer gets an email from Skylar's research assistant saying a secret chamber's been discovered in some ruins, and so Spencer just like ditches his kid, tucking her in and leaves, turning off this light next to a framed photo that has Professor oak and a young ash in it (gasps) i know them i know them from when pokemon was good (laughs) in the ruins spencer and skylar examine the new writings that they found and they speculate that they relate to the unknown which like they don't specify is the name of a pokemon at this point and i was like well yeah it's unknown you just found it but then an unknown appears briefly in the room gasp uh, Spencer opens a small chest at the far end of this chamber to discover some strange carved tiles that begin to glow blue, and then he's surrounded by these unknown and teleported somewhere else. What awful designs. They are... For the unknown. Yeah. They're just fucking stupid shapes with an eyeball on it. Yeah. It's that kind of shit. It's that kind of slapdash shit. That means Pokemon has never been good since gold and blue. Gold and blue since red and blue. <laughs> Conrad. Uh, back at the mansion, Molly runs downstairs so she can be told about her father's disappearance. And then sometime later, she decides to look into her father's research. I, I thought a mean thing here mm-hmm. during these opening segments because she was all like, oh, my dad's just like Entai. And I was, I, I fired back when he went missing with, now he really is like Entai because he's not fucking there either. Oh. Now you know how I felt. Oh. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> so she opens up the chest of tiles and starts using them as if they were alphabet blocks because their shapes could sort of, viewed a certain way, look like letters. <laughs> and she, she, she spells Papa and and I don't know what else she what a stupid idiot. What a stupid idiot. That's not how you get your dad back. But the tiles start glowing blue and start flying around. The unknown appear again, and she asks if they want to play with her. And totally forgotten her dad by this point. Fuck him. And they start transforming the mansion with... It's hard to tell at this point if it's ice or... or but they're crystals. It's purple yeah. and blue. Well, I'm... I'm convinced this movie's a prequel to Frozen because there's a bit later on where, like, she goes full Elsa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this definitely... There are a few... Uh, this movie's better than Frozen, though. Well, there are a few inspirations. There are no stupid songs in this one. Oh, wait, no, there is. There are a few inspirations that I could, I could see possibly being uh, involved in this film. One of them could be the, the myth of the Snow Queen. Um, but the, uh, the big one for me is, uh, the Twilight Zone movie. Right. We'll get there. Um, 
yeah, so Skyler and whoever the butler dude is, they get locked out in the hall. And oh, shit! I just remembered the bit from the Twilight Zone movie that you made. There you, you go. There we go. Uh, so, opening the book of legendary Pokemans that Spencer gave her and looking at the drawing of Entei again, she remembers her father. And suddenly, Entei She appears. shouldn't be opening books and looking up Entei. <laughs> no. <laughs> God. <clears throat> uh, and so Molly runs to Entei, calling it Papa, which Entei agrees to, it seems somewhat begrudgingly. This is fucked. All of this is fucked up. This is very fucked up. You don't meet a giant dog with a moustache when your dad didn't even have a moustache immediately imprint on it when you're not even new. You're not a new child anymore. There's no excuse for you to imprint on a dog. And for the dog that possesses a human level of sentience to just go along with it, that's <laughs> messed up. I mean, it's it's pretty messed up. There's a reason for it, but it's messed up. Um, So that uh, purple ice... Crystals? Yeah, that's spreading, yo. And we got a CG title, Spell of the Unknown. Yeah, they kept using, like, CGI for the unknowns. And it's... It doesn't fit. No. Because the animation quality in these films is so bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it, awful. It could be made to look really interesting. It, like, it could... I could see how having them uh, both, you know, for a narrative and visual purpose as... CG uh, things in a cell animated style, uh, everything else be, yeah, cool. That could be great, but that's not what this is. Their legs are fucked up. Yeah. You look at, it's more obvious on Misty because, like, the other, like, Brock and Ash have long pants on, but you can see, like, they're just straight trunks. Yup. It freaks me the fuck out, the characters' legs in these films and i guess the tv show it's been ages since i saw the show but just the weird tree trunk legs speaking of weird tree trunk legs they look like pokemon themselves <laughs> tree trunk or or whatever ash brock and misty are wandering the countryside where they meet with another trainer that brock is a creep to yeah that was horrible horrible just she's like wants to i want boyfriend. to battle you and then, yeah, he's like, I want to be your boyfriend. And he runs right up to her, closing, like, like, getting into a personal space. It's deeply awkward and uncomfortable. And, you know, I... That's why Brock is always traveling to these islands. Because of the implication. <laughs> he is a total <laughs> fucking creep. Oh, dear. Um, so, Ash gets challenged to a battle. And we get an opening credit battle sequence there's a purple dog thing ash gets a green plant thing or injured by some kind of horse shaped giraffe headed thing (laughs) (laughs) oh god i'm gonna love these descriptions uh there's a purple monkey that fights an owl it's got a hand for it on a tail does the monkey yeah uh bulbasaur gets its ass kicked. i know that one uh, That's when I paid attention to the film briefly when I saw Bulbasaur and Butterfree. I was like, right, yep. I know them. I'm settled in for the ride. Oh, shit, it's a big pink bulldog. I don't know that one. I was, uh, there's a man key in there, I think. Oh, yeah, yep, a man key. And uh, Pikachu, for whatever reason, can't affect a dopey water creature with Thunderstorm. 
I'm sure there's something about that Pokemon to where that makes sense. Because I was like, well, Immortal One's come out. Pikachu's fighting. This is done. Yeah. We can stop listening to this stupid song now. But um, then it got hit. It just sort of didn't get affected by anything Pikachu was doing. I was like, okay, there must be some fucking gimmick to this Pokemon that I can't remember. And does this dopey, like, mouth-open tongue (laughs) Oh, I was like... I was um, gonna get a screen grab of that when we were done here for my personal use. <laughs> uh, but it, it winds up in a, a double KO because they headbutt each other. And after all of the Pokemon and trainers uh, have their battle to eat lunch together, which is nice. And uh, Ash needs a Pokemon Center because his Pokemons are also so tired. And the other trainer, Lisa, lets him know there's one over in Greenfield, a place that apparently she's never been to but knows is just over a hill. Yeah. It allows it allows the plot to move along very quickly without explaining anything. Yeah. And everybody's really excited because it's a cool place that everyone knows about that is beautiful. You know what they know about it? What's that? It's beautiful. Yeah. Every character says it. It's not, though. It's not though because it's it's this it's Pokemon Three the movie the Legend of the Entei Unknown right right so everything in the film looks shit <laughs> so no it's not beautiful and no wonder they keep having to repeat that it is because we wouldn't fucking believe them uh, we also get reminded that Brock's uh, still a creep as they uh, as they make their way there uh, to reach the hill overlooking Greenfield where they discover with horror that it's turned to crystal dun dun dun. Brock subscribes to the Brock system. Be a fucking creep. Go on. Carry on. Oh, okay. I couldn't think of anything. I I was like, if I can come up with art, then I can make O Onyx, and that'll be enough to be funny. But I couldn't think of anything for R. Steam Rocket is also in the area. Also discovering that the natural beauty of Greenfield has undergone a significant change. It's also still spreading, which Ash and crew witness as cops and news reporters make the scene. And so back at Pallet Town, Delia and Professor Professor Oak, they see the news reports. And Oak notes that he'd recently been sent Spencer's research on the unknown and decides to travel to Greenfield to see what's going on. And Delia is totally down for the trip. So they're road tripping it out to Greenfield. I just want to see Pikachu spraying diarrhea. I mean, if we do need to do the Pokemon Hentai episode, I'm sure we can. I mean, just Ash is getting it on his hands and he's fucking furious. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Pikachu! (laughs) What what did you eat? You've got it all over my shirt! Oh, Pikachu, we've got a battle in Johto region! Okay, now I want Danny DeVito to play Ash Ketchum in a live-action Pikachu movie. Pikachu, you've been eating dead boys again. <laughs> you spray a diarrhea everywhere. <laughs> and Pikachu, played by Willem Dafoe, is like, I don't know what's wrong with my ass. Oak arrives it's at the It's been spraying <laughs> diarrhea for nigh on three weeks. You know I've been shitting blood these past two days. Oh, well, you better get that checked out. Hey, Tom, you're waking up, my boy. Uh, and that's Pokemon 4, The Legend of Squeaky Pete. 
So Oak shows up and meets with Ash at the Pokemon Center. Meanwhile, inside the mansion, Molly's watching the happy reuniting of Ash and his mother, as this, too, for some reason, is apparently newsworthy. And she tells Entei that, hey, I want a mom. I don't know why I'm being so infantile today. I don't know. It's I've right. been trolling about entertainment. I've been pulling headphones out. I've been talking about naughty poo. Because that is what diarrhea is. It's poo that is like being really naughty. Well, I think you're just trying to get yourself into the mindset of someone age appropriate to enjoy this movie. There we go. It's, it's that old YouTuber get out. This is a social experiment. <laughs> I can now say and do whatever the chuff I want. That's right. Up to and including saying chuff. <laughs> oh, there's all sorts of words you're now allowed to say. Yep. Lick my cutlery. <laughs> uh, over drinks. Delia tells Ash's friends about Spencer, who used to study under Professor Oak in Pallet Town. And apparently his wife disappeared at some point also. Cut to Entei, bounding across the crystal fields and confronting Ash's group. And Delia asks what it wants, and it wants her baby, calling her mama and hypnotizing her. This is all very problematic. Yes. I mean, Entei is very easily forgiven. I mean, that's not a spoiler. I mean, if you're listening no. to this, you've seen it or you don't give a fuck. So Entei later on, and because it's a Pokemon film, everything is doing right now is easily forgiven. But we cannot fucking forget, because I was certainly thinking it. Holy shit, this is a Pokemon Joseph Fritzel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't forgive that. No. You burn it with a stick that's been heated in a fire. Yeah, you, you hit them with a hot stick. There's, there are a lot of philosophical questions about, you know, who's responsible here, I think. It's very interesting. If you held the stick in the fire long enough, right, there'd right. be some fire on the end of it, and you could use that to light stuff up. That's true. I think I've, uh, I might get that patented. <laughs> <laughs> like I should have done with the name fucking Chungus. Oh, man. I'm not yeah. bitter about any of that. Uh, so Delia asks to be taken oh, right, yeah. to her child, and she falls over, only to be caught on Entei's back and carried off. Pika grabs Entei's tail and clings on while the others give chase, but he's shaken off and Entei gets away. And a devastated Ash strikes the ground dramatically, <laughs> pounding the crystal in Earth. It's one of the few cases where I think you're allowed to pound the ground. I think you're right melodrama yeah if a giant dog with a mustache steals your mother <laughs> then you're allowed to hit the ground with your fist that sounds a little ridiculous when you put it like that but yeah i think that's what i mean is if something that fucking absurd happens yeah. no one's gonna look at you and think you're over egging the pudding <laughs> so like a cat returning a slaughtered bird entei delivers delia to molly uh, Delia, I uh, wish that is how Entei had delivered her. <laughs> Molly calls her mama and asks if uh, she remembers her, which she does because she's all hypnotized and shit. And so messed up. This is so messed up. Yeah, Molly thanks Entei and asks if they can all stay there forever. And this girl should really stop asking this horrible god for shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, not good. 
The crystal continues to spread. He's going to take it too far. Anyone, a child could know that. What's the, what's fucking wrong with her? There are children that know better than this kid does. Yes, this is a show for children. What is wrong with you? It's so dark. I hate this film. The crystal continues to spread, and Ente points this out to Molly, calling it her world. And she's happy with it. He's happy. She's happy. Everybody happy. Professor Oak gives the lowdown on Ente, which is to say that it's called Ente. <laughs> That's like all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Skyler also mentions the unknown, saying it might have to do with Entei's appearance and that they're also inside the mansion. And he goes, the unknown? That I do know about. And he gives them an extensive Wikipedia article. Well, Professor Oak, and Professor Oak just says, I was afraid of that. Which really just is him trying to make himself sound smart, but I really think he's yeah. full of shit. Like, I think he knows as much about unknown as he does about Entei, which is nothing. Any idiot can and will say they were afraid of something or they feared this might happen. Yeah. Anyone can do that. I I was afraid of this podcast being recorded. There we go. Now I look like I saw what a fucking mess it was. <laughs> at, at some retreat for Charizards, Charizard is watching a news report <laughs> about Delia being kidnapped. I love the idea of a place where Charizards can go when they're just over this shit. <laughs> right? And he looks to the sky ominously. And then a bulldozer is called in to penetrate the crystal landscape surrounding the mansion. And, and As ups- always, and, fucking bulldozers. And an upset Molly. can't let... A, sorry. <laughs> I'm trying, dude. over you all day. You didn't want this to be two hours. I'm trying. <laughs> but Molly stomps her foot because she's all pissed off about it and the unknown get all excited and this wave of crystal pushes the bulldozer away, right? Yeah. Right. And and Oak and T, they continue to investigate the unknown connection to all of this and get an email from Molly? Like, Molly just has their email? Yeah. Is that how email works? Why wouldn't Why wouldn't it work? Explain to me... <laughs> How it wouldn't work. (laughs) I'm just... She's a child. Yeah, but she's like in some fantasy land, isn't it? I'll tell you what it is. It's dream ale. So Molly, in a video, says that she and her parents just want to be left alone. And this is odd to everybody in the room who knows that those people fucking disappeared. So, impatient, Ash and Pikachu, they head toward the mansion alone. But true friends, Misty and Brock, stop him from doing something stupid like that long enough for them to join him in doing something stupid. And Lisa then shows up, and she's not as stupid. She's actually probably the smartest of the bunch. She actually gives them a way to keep in touch with the base in case they get stupid. Uh, And then off they go on their adventure, following a stream in the direction of uh, this mansion while spied from above by Team Rocket in a Meowth hot air balloon who engage in some fun with hominids. They, Team Rocket, throughout this film, were good. They're great. They're, they punctuated exactly the right times, just when you need a little pick-me-up. Yeah. And the waiting, waiting joke is great. I mean, 
great yeah. rel- rel- yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. that Entei appears and bursts their bubble or balloon, uh, sending them into the crystal wasteland, where they debate whether it's better to climb their way out or succumb to the depths and accept their miserable fate. I don't know if this is a, a discussion of nihilism or if it's about their travel route. It's Pokemon, so in some roundabout way, it will be about friendship. Assured that they're safe from Team Rocket, Molly puts on a little television, comments on how their house is on TV. <laughs> Shit. Uh, as the reporter talks about the downed balloon, a Pokemon is spotted. It's that owl thing. It's carrying uh, Bulbasaur and, and, I don't know, some uh, other plant thing. Up the waterfall to lower vides for Ash to come up. I... Maybe I don't understand. Is it easier for the owl thing to carry two Pokemon up than it is to just carry Ash with the Pokeballs holding the Pokemons? Okay. I see what you're talking about here. You're wondering whether or not the Pokemon can just be in the Pokeball and then Ash can carry... Everything in one load, right? Right, 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 right. Instead right. of instead of having to then use these yeah. vines and make Ash climb up himself. I see, yeah, but you realise where you've gone wrong with this, right? Mm? If you do that, you've left the fox alone with the chicken. <laughs> it took me a second. Because Takes a while I, to rev that one well, up. I mean, I, I understood the reference immediately, but then I tried to extend it into metaphor for the other characters, and then I realized, no, that wasn't the point at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a long delay there that gives the appearance of the one successful funny thing I think I've done on this entire recording. <laughs> it looks like it doesn't land now. <laughs> and yet it really did land. It really did. <laughs> so, uh, inside the mansion, Delia sees Ash swinging from the vines, realizes that it's her son, and snaps out of her hypnosis to yell at him. And then shuts the hell up, because she seems to now be vaguely aware of the horrifying situation she finds herself in. Like, she knows that she has to play act for this child and this Pokemon, and pretend to be her mother. Yeah. And this is dark. You know, the beginnings of your your very apt Twilight Zone comparison. Right. Because um there was a Twilight Zone episode and uh that was later adapted into one of the four stories told in the Twilight Zone movie where there is a uh woman, she's a school teacher, she's brought to the home of one of her students who has some sort of horrible control over reality that he's been using to torment the people living in the house. Uh, None of which are actually even his parents at this point. He'd killed all of them and replaced them with these strangers that he'd collected. Um, It's a very good time. It's a very, very good time. And that, that this reminds me a lot of that. Uh, This is just, you know, the kids version. Ash and the crew presses on and they reach gazebo, which as we all know, is one of the most dangerous D and D monsters. Yep. And uh, his communicator rings, and Oak is pissed. But he's going to hold off on getting the tongue thrashing he so richly deserves until after Ash has rescued Delia. 
and he he actually said in the film, and I was a bit shocked like that. When when he's done, I'm gonna beat the shit out of him. <laughs> I'm gonna knock his head concave. It's true. It was the, I'm telling you, this is the most mature Pokemon film we've yeah. we've experienced yet. So Oak's been looking into this unknown shit, and he thinks the unknown can read thought, read thoughts and reshape the world based on them, suggesting that Molly is responsible for all of this. It also suggests that Silent Hill is made out of unknowns. Which that could very well be. I like that. Oh, God. Oh, what, what if on a molecular level the fog is unknown? Oh, shit, dude. Wow. That is exactly what's going on. But it also opens up the possibility of you being able to throw a Pokeball at Pyramid Head. I, okay, again, where's the problem? There is no issue with that whatsoever, actually. Obviously, you'd have to wear him down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd need to battle him a bit. <laughs> and hope that the giant fuck-off knife doesn't cut your Pikachu clean in half. <sighs> so, using fire Pokemans, they cut a hole in the gazebo. Uh, and they have to try twice, because the hole repaired itself the first time. And then they create a pressurized water tunnel with water Pokemon. Yeah, I had a problem with this bit. Really? Dude, yeah. go on. Because Pikachu goes in the water, didn't it? He sure did. In the water attack that the Pokemon was using. You can't ride a, an attack, you get hit by them. Well, did he, did, he, did he ride it or did he go in on Ash's back? I can't remember. I think Pikachu went in the water and was, like, propelled. Yeah. Well, and that yeah, should yeah. have just been, like, should have knocked it to zero HP. <laughs> it's my issue with that. Right? No, it was he... like, use your water gun. Now, Pikachu, get directly in fucking front of it. <laughs> and Pikachu should have immediately just said, you fucking what? <laughs> Why don't you stand in front of the Pokemon's attacks for a fucking change? <laughs> Oh, oh man, that is that is a funny thing to realize. I not a, didn't even occur to me. Uh, so everyone gets through this hole. More traveling ensues. They go up some stairs, and the stairs change form underneath them to become weird, wiry forest like what Team Rocket fell into. And they emerge out of this into a huge, beautiful field. And Team Rocket, in the meantime, is broken into the mansion where they find the unknown or floating and chanting. Right, and this is where I wrote my note. Oh, do go on. Because they observe that the unknowns look all like weird, like letter-shaped things. Mm -hmm. First of all, James says that... Um, oh, that's it. Jesse says that the unknowns look like alphabet soup. Mm -hmm. James fires back with already a good line. I don't know about alphabet soup but if we don't get out of here we're in hot water already great classic but then he follows it up with and i quote i haven't seen this many strange letters since the last time i placed a personal ad wow now there is so much world building <laughs> that went into that sentence <laughs> yeah what were these letters what the fuck was James advertising to get strange letters? Why did the letters look like unknowns? 
it is uh and where was he publishing these personal ads yeah like just the hints that that leaves behind of james is routinely obviously placing because he says the last time ain't the first time no no. he's been publishing personal ads somewhere that regularly gets weird responses i fucking love that there is no way it's not implying something adult there is no way whatsoever and that it's in here delighted the shit out of me so team rocket decides to sneak past the unknown seems smart they seem smart Watching on the TV, Ente asks Molly if he should remove Ash and the gang, but she wants to have a Pokemon battle. And encouraged by Ente to imagine anything she wants, she imagines what it would be like for her to be a Pokemon trainer, and then Entei walks off into the floor. Yeah. Okay. And then a flying Explain Ente. to me, Conrad, how that wouldn't work. I took... I, you know what? I can't. <laughs> I can't explain that. You're right. And then Molly appears on Entei's back, questioning if she's old enough to have Pokemon and is told to believe she is, and she instantly goes through puberty. Yeah. Which is weird on its own, but is doubly weird when you remember that this is a world in which 10-year-old children are kicked out of their house by their mothers to talk to strangers and fight wild animals. Right. There was no need for the age change. I don't know I don't know where age restriction for Pokemon came into this. I don't know that there is one. I think it, that you know, it's kind of like parrots saying, "Oh, I don't know if you're old enough yet to have a, a gerbil." Right? But she doesn't really have parrots anymore. Who's going to tell her no? Well, the mustache dog didn't tell her no. <laughs> he he tried to be the parent putting its foot down, but then instantly provided a get-out clause. He's a very supportive father. It's so weird! It is very weird, yeah. It's so fucking strange. This film is so strange. But man, imagine, like, she has found the cheat code on life. She never had to go through that <laughs> awkward phase. She just instantly went to adult. She had no idea what she has. And that's important. It's important I bring that up now. And even better is when she reaches, like, 35 to 40, that age range, she can just go right back to being a five-year-old and forget any of this shit happened. So she's living the perfect dream. It, it, is, it is a perfect existence for her. And, and finding Ash in the field, Molly confronts him. And in a rare instance of Brock's kind of unhealthy fixation and behavior towards women being helpful, he's observant enough to realize who she is. And that while she might look too old to be Hale's daughter, this is also her dream world. And so she can have whatever she wants. This is where I was terrified. Right? I was like, okay, you're having broccoli this scene. Tread, right? Tread Tread lightly, Pokemon the Movie 3. <laughs> You're having Brock address the child pretending to be an adult. Yeah, just be careful, movie. And they were. They were. Thank fuck. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, Molly challenges Ash to a battle, but Brock intervenes, suggesting that uh, to Ash that his mother's probably up the nearby stairs and he can keep Molly occupied. So Misty and Ash rush off. And Molly manifests a battlefield, 
Uh, Brock summons Zubat. Molly calls. I don't know what the fuck that thing is. Molly wins. Uh, Vulpix gets called next. Then uh, they they call this one Teddy Ursa. Uh, I, I wrote Ursa it down. Major. Yeah, I wrote it down because it was adorable and and reminded me of of your wrestler. So yeah. Uh, and he fucks up that Vulpix. Uh, of course, obviously, it's you know her imaginary Pokemon are going to be more powerful than real ones. Yeah. Uh, so back to Team Rocket for a second to remind us that they're around. And then it's more fighting as Brock's Onyx gets wasted by uh, another thing. I, I don't know. What I wrote my next uh, bit here. Uh-huh. Because Brock says, if I'm to have any chance of beating you, I'm going to have to really rock and roll. And then he summons Onyx and says, and my Onyx is how I really like to rock and roll. That's not how you tell a joke, Brock. No, it's not. It's not how you tell a joke at all. He was extraneous on either end there. <laughs> either one he could have gotten away with saying without the other. That's where he... I tell you what, in my professional opinion, that's where he tripped up. But it was only compounded when Molly immediately fired back with rock and roll, huh? And I was like, I've heard the phrase rock and roll too many times. <laughs> It was rock and roll three times within the span of ten seconds. And that's that ratio for me is no good, thanks. As Ash and Misty near the top of the staircase, we go back to the bedroom where Delia is reading to Molly, who ah, I guess is actually here. And the the adult Molly fighting Brock is merely a manifestation of the unknown. Dun, dun, dun. And Delia starts putting the pieces of, uh, of what's happened here. She's getting that figured out, leaving the book of legendary Pokemon open to a picture depicting rays of light shining on a beach. And cut to, hey, that's where Ash and Misty are. It's all coming from the kid's imagination. And then uh, adult Molly appears here, too, along with Entei. And Ash and Misty realize that these both must be illusions created by the unknown. And so Misty challenges Molly, telling her that she's a former gym leader. And this brings Molly to the realization that she doesn't have to be an adult to be a Pokemon master. And, you know, Entei not so subtly reminds her, hey, you know, you could do literally anything you want. And what does she do with this great power once she realizes it? She reverts to a prepubescent but still older than actual age. explain to me why she wouldn't (laughs) why wouldn't anyone with the power of complete omnipotence make yourself make yourself older than you currently are but not too old Uh, not 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 past the point of of the awkward years that are going to follow soon yeah Just basically, if you've got the power of a god, tack on a year or two to your life. life. (laughs) Seriously. Molly floods the field for a water poke off. Uh, Everyone finds out, hey, they can breathe underwater because Molly wills it to be so. And uh, some fish fighting happens. Team Rocket reminds us that they're there. And even Meowth at this point can't resist how pointing out how small their role is in this film. 
Yep, that was my third note. Whereas I got a question that shouldn't be asked. When are we going to... Uh, do you think next time we'll get a bigger part? I tell you what, I've also got another problem with this scene. Because mm. before Molly and Misty fight, Misty opens up with, I'm a water trainer, so I'm going to use only water Pokemon. <laughs> Which, what? That's, that's a bad idea to reveal... Why to were you, you going <laughs> to... In any situation, tipping your hand like that is bad. Let alone... The fucking queen of nightmares over there that can summon what she wants. She's lucky that Molly was like, oh, well, I'm going to use water Pokemon as well for it to be even. She could have just easily said, hold on a minute. Let me get my fucking Zapdos. Right. But but here's here's the is that better or is that worse? Because now as as a scene, her water Pokemon should not be able to kick the asses of the other water Pokemon as easily as she can. Yeah. What she should have done was say, I'm a ground-type Pokemon trainer. I've only got Diglets. And then she'll be like, right, I'm going to conjure up a fuckload of Diglets. And then it's water gun, water gun, water gun, water gun. That would have been humiliating. Yeah. That would have been humiliating. All day long water gun. Diglet, splash. Another Diglett, Splash. Oh, you've got a Doug Trio this time. That's adorable. Fucking Splash. <laughs> oh, uh, Staryu does a stop and spin. Just, yep. just leaving that there. Ash, Ash ascends his next set of stairs and finds himself in the bedroom with his mother and the real Molly. He asks if she's seen the unknown, and she has it, but she thinks Ash is talking about Entei because parents don't know stuff about Pokemon. Gosh. He explains the whole unknown thing, says they need to leave. Before they do, like an idiot, Delia wakes the nightmare child and tells her that she's not her real mother. Yeah, I don't know why the... Why would you? Why would you do that? Like, all of these other things I can understand. I can... Yeah. I won't even do that sarcastic thing and say, why wouldn't she? <laughs> I genuinely want to know, why would you? Ash tries to then remind her of the time they met a few years earlier, but Molly doesn't take this well when they try to leave, and crystal spikes fill the bedroom, eventually separating Ash from Delia while Entei confronts him. A fighting happens. Ash, Ash tries to use all of his Pokemans in a futile effort to fight Entei while trying to tell him that he's just an illusion. And Entei rejects this view of reality, insisting that he is real and Molly's father now, which opens up a very deep philosophical well. As fighting is happening, Delia tries to reason with Molly by making her remember her real parents. And Pikachu is pushing it to the limit, while Ash dives to save him from taking a big old hit, only to fly out of the tower and get caught by Charizard who's finally shown up, swooping in to save the day. It's a very exciting sequence. I think, I think you can feel that. It's too what bad it takes like two and a half minutes. Um, flying back in, Charizard's there to confront Entei because, as Ash claims, he's part of Ash's family. And Entei is going to kill Ash's family. <laughs> <laughs> Entei, throughout this whole film... Is a total dick. He really is. Not, to an irredeemable level. <laughs> Despite them redeeming him for, for no good reason. So it makes me wonder, right? 
Now, thinking about this and realizing that everything is, that is happening here is a product of the imagination of Molly, how does she view her father? Yeah. That he is this aggressive and dangerous. That is true. There's a... Yeah, as a manifestation of her dad, this moustache dog is uh-huh. <laughs> complete, ruthless, violent, aggressive, domineering, imprisoning, kidnapping bastard. Right. Uh, I just, I, what do we know about Spencer Hale? Yeah. That's all I'm asking. I think the authorities should be asking some questions, too, after all of this is done. Mm-hmm. Flying, so, uh, <laughs> he beats down Charizard, nearly sending Ash off a cliff, who, and he gets saved by the combined efforts of Brock, Misty, and Team Rocket, who explained that they would be out of a, their job in show business if anything happened to them. The, you're only allowed one fourth wall break on the elf. You can't have two. <laughs> I I, I respect the, the the consistency. They really are. They're like, hey, let's get some more Team Rocket in here. We we know yeah. what the people want. Why didn't you put more of them in this? Yeah, they really did. They were the best part. of the, They only had a tiny, tiny role. Mm-hmm. But they really were the best part of the film. And not just in a everything was sh- shit. No, because everything's not shit in this. I don't feel. No, no. I mean, I, I bellowed I hate this movie earlier, and that was just exasperation at the absurdity of it. It's all right. And Team Rocket have some genuinely... I mean, again, the the, the weird letters line is amazing. Mm-hmm. And there was a line, at the, the penultimate line of this film actually am, proper amused me. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ash appeals to Molly with the promise that she could have real Pokemon friends instead of imaginary Pokemon friends. But Molly considers her imaginary Pokemon friends to be real. And because what Molly dreams and believes to be real is real, are they real? Like, this is some Philip K. Dick shit they snuck in here. Really is. Insisting that he's Molly's father as long as she wishes that to be the case, Entei goes on the attack again. And with Molly's psychic assistance creating platforms he could jump on, there's more fighting between him and Charizard. And at a point of stalemate, Ash tries to reason with Entei again, saying it's not fair to keep her trapped in this place. But Entei... Being the sentient but compelled illusory creation of Molly's imagination not only lacks the ability to stop being her father, but has no other desires, no raison d'etre. Mm-hmm. He's trapped. And we, we find out the jailer is the prisoner. <laughs> Eventually, Ente gets the upper hand, and he's about to deliver a killing blow to Charizard when Molly stops him, pleading for no more fighting. We should also point out that Entei has Charizard on the ground and is standing on its neck. Yes, yes! Boots on the back of its head. Uh, It is. It's ghastly. (laughs) It's really just 
Horrifying. It's literally ten times worse than the worst scene in Watership Down. (laughs) And the other former gym leaders praise her for demonstrating mercy, which they deem a vital component of any Pokemon trainer. Because in the end, they all love Pokemon. Yeah, if I was trapped in her horrifying dreamscape, I'd be feeding her any old line of bullshit (laughs) as well. Oh, yeah. And they invite her to join them on their Pokemon adventure. Delia even going so far as to say that it's what her dad would have wanted her to do. Like, this is some trapped people desperate for an escape route language happening here. Then there's that lovely little uh, dialogue exchange when it cuts to Misty and Brock and... Misty just leans in and says, but the moment we get her out of this fucking hellhole, we're pushing her in a river, right? (laughs) Pushing her in a river and running away. So Molly decides that she wants things to be real again. And the huge mutant crystal petals surrounding her mansion begin to wilt. Now, Entei, acknowledging that the purpose of his creation was to make her happy here says that he's got to leave. It seems like everything's going to be okay. But suddenly, crystal spikes begin erupting from all directions, and all of the Pokemans and people are thrown about in the chaos. Entei clears a path for the others to begin this descent back out of the tower uh, while he stays behind. And Professor Oak, in the Greenfield Poke Center, observes that the crystallization's gone out of control, tells Ashley to be... be getting their ass moving, and they might be trapped forever. And as they're running, it even spreads to envelop the Poke Center. Everybody in there has to flee, too. And Ash, realizing that the unknown is the cause, upon seeing their activity on the way out, knows they've got to be stopped. But they got this barrier protecting them. Charizard has some success breaking it. This ultimately just proves to be an annoyance, so then it's Pikachu's turn, then they both try, and it just ain't happening. And the unknown react with more spikes, crystal growth in the room. Team Rocket tries to slink away, but they get trapped with everyone else. I'm just glad they keep popping up. And just then, a roar from above declares Entei's arrival. And he blasts the fuck out of the unknown. And promises to lead Molly out, claiming that so long as she believes in him... There is nothing he cannot do. Now, everything in all of these Pokemon stories, all of the time, only ever lead to the power of friendship. But this is interesting from a philosophical perspective. Mm -hmm. Because here is this girl who has this power granted to her effectively by a god, right? She's channeling the power of, uh, the godlike power of the unknown, and created with it this physical manifestation of a beast with the power to kill the god. Yeah. Well, it's that, it's the same as that old, like, philosophical uh, religious question (laughs) Can God make. A gun that can shoot God's head off. 
<laughs> can God make a, a, a weapon that could kill God? Specifically a gun that shoots his head off. Like, uh, God, could God make a Pokemon that could kill God? Yeah, like, can, can God make an Entai that could kill an Entai? <laughs> can God make something more powerful than friendship? Mm. Not in the Pokemon universe, ever. That's a false god that tries. So with Ash's urging, Molly gives Entei the strength it needs to defeat the unknown, which explode outward until slowing to an inert state. And then from within the center of this explosion, Entei calls out to Molly, saying that it'll miss her, but to keep him close at her dreams. He then turns to Crystal and shatters into stardust before the explosion fades and the unknown fall to the floor along with the wooden tiles that spawned them. They're then pulled into a portal and disappear, immediately transforming the mansion and the surrounding land to its original state. Oak rolls up to the mansion with the people from the Poka Center to meet the heroes outside. Molly is reunited with her butler while the cops surround the place, trapping Team Rocket inside, who reflect on all of the great elements that made up this great story. But there's credits. Yeah. Well, then there's um before we go, there's the penultimate line, which right. is well, I wanted to give you an opportunity to yeah. get that in there. Um, where Team Rocket are poking their heads out of a tower and they're lamenting that they didn't find any new Pokemon this time around. Um, but there's uh, always another movie. They didn't say it like that, but they, it was another attempt to break the fourth wall. And then James turns around and says, yeah, we'll get another chance to fail next time. And I was like, you know what? That's a fucking funny line. That's good. And then that was it. It looks like Team Rocket's fading out again, they say, as the, as the camera pulls back. Because they weren't done with that. But as the credits roll, we do get epilogue. Mm-hmm. And it's significant. Uh, I'm just going to run down the list real quick. Uh, we're yeah, sure. Spencer Hale returning to his home, apparently rediscovered in the ruins and reunited with Molly. Uh, Charizard says farewell to Ash to go back to the reservation. Lisa also goes her own way while Creepy, Bo- Creepy Brock creeps on. Uh so, mm. Uh, life mm-hmm. goes on in Pallet Town for Oak and Delia. Molly begins chilling with the real Pokemons, uh, specifically that teddy bear one that she liked. And apparently her mom gets found too. That's that's all a little convenient, isn't it? Like, Yeah, this is like Assassin's Creed Unity credits. The, the power, she got the power for all her wishes to come true, rejects it, but somehow... All of her wishes are coming true? Yeah. Like, did Ash defeat the unknown? Or did the unknown win? Oh, shit. And this entire now reality of the Pokemon world is a product of Molly's dreams. Fuck. Right? Like, this is a... What if everything that happened after this movie is all taking place in a giant unknown Lotus Eater machine. Well, I think I think what this sort of firmly establishes is that uh, Existens is part of the Pokemon universe. Yes. <laughs> oh, God, that's actually what they look like outside of the anime. That's what <gasps> unknowns look like, is just those horrible, floppy, fleshy things. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's Pokemon 3. All right. Did you like it or not? I did. 
Like, yeah. yeah, I did. It's not what I expected. I did not expect a movie that would give me something to think about, even if it was by accident. Yeah, and I, I don't. Maybe they didn't think about this on the level that I did, but hell, I, it, I'm fascinated now. I'm gonna wonder yeah. about uh, the reality of the Pokemon universe and and how it's layered within itself. And yeah, I'm. I kind of liked it. It was it certainly wasn't terrible. It could have been far more boring than it was. There's, the battles drag, but the battles drag for me because I don't know what those animals are. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, this All I right, think, yeah. yeah, this is probably my favorite of the ones we've watched. Oh, I won't disagree with that. This, despite having a weirder premise than many things ever. Yes. It's somehow more easy to follow, I think, just because it's less insufferable than certainly the first one. And I can't speak about the second one because I can't remember any of it. Yeah. 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 So, what are we well, doing next time, Jim? Well. Oh, we're, we're, we're playing to our base, aren't we? Yes. Yes, we're playing to our base because we are, as part of our ongoing commitment, to cover more anime spin-offs of things. We are going to do a Netflix original anime. And we're going to have to work out a way. We might have to cliff notes it rather than yeah. do one for one plot because it's going to be a whole season of something we're looking at here. Um, but I discovered it. I was just browsing on Netflix looking for things to look at. And I saw this show called High Score Girl, which is an anime about a girl playing arcade games, and there's a boy who like gets resentful of that, but I think they team up or something. I can't remember much of the trailer. But what really stood out to me was the in-game footage is actual, so if not gameplay footage, made to look very much like it. So on the, it's a normal anime animation, but on the computer screen in the game, it's fucking Street Fighter 2 being played. Mm-hmm. It just it looks like you know Pixel Street Fighter Two, um, and it, there's a a couple other games like that. So it's almost like a an anime Wreck It Ralph, but told from the perspective of the arcade game players, um, in terms of you know crossovery stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it looked interesting. I'm intrigued. I have no idea if it's good or not. I've not even read reviews or anything about it, so I've got no idea about its reputation. Um, so, God help me if it's terrible one episode in, and then I've got an entire season of something to watch. But yeah, we'll, uh, we can't do a full plot summary like before, because it would take too long. But we'll work out something. We'll, we'll be able to fill at least yeah, an yeah. hour of discussion about that. So, High Score Girl, it's on Netflix. Uh, it is a Netflix original, so, you know, that's where you look for it. There's no work around there, unless you are nefarious. And I will not speak to that. You nefarious fiend. Um, that's it, I think. Yep, I think that does For it. For that, yeah. Uh, sorry about today's podcast, everyone. Um, Conrad did a great job. <laughs> I thought you were very funny. In a disruptive, obnoxious way. <laughs> I was highly entertained. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's what I care about. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. We've had our fun and that's all that matters. Um, right. If you're want to meet conrad but on the internet not in real life uh you can go on twitter yeah and it's not really like meeting someone it's more like harassing them <laughs> but it, with their consent to some extent yeah i don't know how twitter works twitter's fucked up and horrible and none of us should use it but we're all on it 
So you can follow Conrad at Conrad Zimmerman, all one word. Yep. And I'm on it, but I don't want you to follow me. Um, We'll see you next time. Bye. (laughs) Bye.